Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. Did you watch episodes 18 through 21 of Neon Genesis Evangelion? Unfortunately, I did. Unfortunately? <laughs> I would have thought that this block of episodes would have been right up your alley. Uh, Yeah, the first half was. I mean, you said in the in the last on the last batch, you were like, I want to see more fights. Yeah, there was you, a cool fight. You got fights. And there was certainly a whole lot of, you know, lore dump. There was. In here, too. And I would think that that would just check all of your boxes. Boxes were checked, for sure. However, it's kind of like, all right, like, mechanically there was a fight, and mechanically there were lore dumps. But I, I have a confession, Greg. Uh-huh. I, I don't have any idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's start... Let's start with episode 18. Um, So this is, do you remember a long time ago when you mentioned, oh, there's a lot here vis-a-vis, like there's a lot here that reminds me of Pacific Rim or, you know, vice vice versa. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there was one point where I said, yeah, and and there was the synchronization thing, Mm -hmm. that episode where Shinji and Asuka had to learn how to like synchronized together yeah um but then this episode did you saw pacific rim too right unfortunately yes yeah where it was all about like oh what if the the bad guys like get inside of our giant robots and turn our giant robots into bad giant robots right yeah 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 okay that was the other um because that was that was one of the ones where like some of the criticism i was hearing about pacific rim too was like did they just basically just make an evangelion episode into a movie yeah. Also, the criticism was that movie was not very good. <laughs> oh, no, it was bad all around. Uh, yeah, I went and saw it in theaters, actually, and I was oh. very disappointed. Um, oh, I did like Maniacal Charlie Day. That was a little fun. Yeah. But, yeah. But that was like the only thing because the rest of it was pretty much garbage, especially when you like compare it to the first one, which is not like an Oscar winning film, but was a lot of fun and cool. Yeah. Anyway. We're not talking so, about that. <laughs> episode 18, uh, it starts off with supposedly what will be a test of Unit 3. And this is, you know, we spent the last episode, episode 17, setting up Toji as the new pilot. We're going to see, um, presumably, what that's all going to be about, see what Unit 3 is capable of. They've been teasing this new uh, Ava unit for a couple episodes. Um, but before any of that can happen... Um, the 13th angel appears and is somehow already inside of unit three and has infected it and is possessing it, has trapped Toji inside the unit and is now just going to go wreck shop as an evil Ava unit. So Shinji and Ray are sent to fight it. Um, Ray gets owned. So now it's just Shinji. Asuka also got owned. Did she? Yeah. I guess she did. Yeah, right. Um, so now it's just Shinji, Shinji versus the Unit 3. He knows there's a pilot in it, but he doesn't know who the pilot is. Um, and he's basically refusing to fight. So Gendo activates, for the, and for the first time we've seen it, the dummy plug system, which basically takes over control um, and makes Unit 1 go totally bonkers and just just decimates Unit 3. Yeah, my note about this fight was yo what the fuck (laughs) yeah it got it got pretty grisly (laughs) yeah um and meanwhile the whole time like 
adding to it is the fact that Shinji is like screaming yeah. inside. That was a tough scene. Yeah. Um, I have a question to, to go back one second. Mm-hmm. I was really confused um, in this episode, and I guess it was partially in the previous episode as well. Like, why were they so like concerned about Shinji finding out that Tojo's father's like, oh, he can't know. Oh, we got to tell him. And it's like there's all this drama. I'm like, I just don't get what like what they were concerned about. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question because it never really comes up again. I mean, you could make the argument, oh, they were just doing TV show bullshit and just trying to build tension. So they needed some hand wavy reason why Shinji couldn't know. And that's why we couldn't know either. Um, unless and this might be part of it. And I hadn't really considered this until you brought it up. But let's say Gendo knew or suspected that Unit 3 was infected. And he knew that um, Shinji was going to have to fight this thing. Mm. And that that might work out better if Shinji didn't know who the pilot was. Mm. Um, and or Gendo wanted to do a test of the dummy plug system. And um, and this was all part of his kind of grand plan. It's maybe the only reason I can think of. The only reason I can think is just because, you know, Shinji's so damn sensitive they were just worried about having one of his actual friends be in the you know be in the line of fire you know be in combat because shinji hates it shinji hates it so much and you know ray seems to kind of be designed for this Mm -hmm. and asuka is kind of annoying so he's probably doesn't care (laughs) but um that was my only other thought is that maybe just like they didn't think he'd take it well because of just like having a friend you know in, in the line of duty but uh, other notes I had were that the Asuka Kaji thing still very annoying and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily there's not a lot of that in the next couple episodes. Yeah. They kind of they drop a lot of plot lines in the next couple episodes because there's more important shit going, well, yes. more important and confusing shit going on. Um, also class rep still, everyone still calls her class rep. Still <laughs> not sure why. Like, especially when in the next episode, uh, like they're having like a. Toji and her having like a, an intimate moment and he still calls her class rep. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine like on their wedding day, he'd be like, I love you class rep. And it's like, <laughs> I have a name dude. Uh, also that like the amount of, um, importance she ties into, uh, him eating her leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, she's not wrong. The quickest way to dude's heart is probably leftovers, but <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've cause, cause that was, that was the way she was trying to like connect with him. A couple episodes back, mm-hmm. you know, she was trying to, like, take care of him and, you know. Yeah. Like, it was one of those scenes where, like, she's trying to, like, she's, she's she's trying to, like, talk to you here, dude. Like, this is not about food. Right. Um, um, but they both keep talking about it. Like, it is, like, maybe I'll be able to eat your leftovers tomorrow. I'm like, and they're saying it's so weird. I'm like, it actually starts to come across a little gross. And it's just like, ew, stop yeah, saying it. Just say you, you like her, dude. <laughs> right. Or you feel like there's a, um, there's something... There's something lost in the translation here, it feels like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've been feeling that a lot recently, that I'm finding that, I don't know if it's just the translation or just, like, the writing itself, but the dialogue has been feeling particularly stiff and awkward to me. Yeah. Um, which has been a little bit of a, of a struggle. So, there is something I noticed in this episode. I don't know what it means, but I thought it was interesting that... Um, You've got, like, Shinji and Toji are in kind of um, similar positions in this episode when they fight. Like, Mm -hmm. the dummy plug is controlling Shinji's 
Ava, which is fighting Toji's Ava, which is controlled by the uh, by the Thirteenth Angel. Um, and there's something there, but I don't quite know what it is. Um, you know, and and the dummy plug. I mean, it's been it's been kind of implied so far that the dummy plug is based on Ray mm-hmm. because. They're in the dummy plug plant, and she is connected to that weird brain machine tube. So it's like some version of her personality or something um, that's fighting this other one. But it also doesn't seem like her, right? Like, you got the impression that, like, if that was Ray piloting that Ava, that's not the way it would be fighting, right? Right. It looked like it went, quote unquote, berserk. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to me, kind of implied that, like, either... That maybe uh, the dummy plug didn't really fully work, and they just kind of unleashed the Ava, more or less. Yeah. But that I guess it probably still needs Shinji in there to be, like, activated? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's the role a little of the pilots weird. is still a little unclear to me, but... Yeah. <laughs> Does it get any more clear over nope. the next three episodes? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um. All right, so should we move on to episode 19? Yeah, because stuff starts to get starts to get good now. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, start off with that. So basically, you know, the the unit one absolutely obliterates unit three, mm-hmm. including crushing the like purposely crushing the the, the tube, plug, yeah. the plug, which is interesting. Although somehow Toji seems just fine. Well, I mean, he's beat up. I but- well, so I didn't notice this until like again my third or fourth watching, but like because the 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 show doesn't make a big deal of it. But when you see him in the hospital bed, it looks like one of his legs has been amputated. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Again, it took me a while to notice it, too. But it looks, I mean, it, it, it looks like it's implied that, yeah, he lost a leg, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, okay, that's that's worse than I thought. Yeah. Um. And obviously it was incredibly traumatic for Shinji being yep. trapped in there. And I guess, you know, there's some sort of you know, sharing of certainly physical sensation, but yeah. also maybe of some sort of emotional connection with the Ava. So that was very traumatic. Uh, and he has quite an interaction with Gendo. Yep. <laughs> A pretty decent fuck you, dad scene. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he's never going to pilot an angel or an Ava again. Yeah. Which I'm sure will last for a long time. Yes. <laughs> certainly a whole episode, at least. <laughs> um, but... Just as that is happening, the 14th angel attacks. Yeah, it does. And somehow immediately gets into the geo front. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I guess it, that didn't take long. Also, this angel is cool. It's got like super sharp paper arms, rib- <laughs> yep. ribbon, ribbony paper arms, and just immediately takes out both Ava, both active Avas because unit one is you know, not being piloted by Shinji at this point. Right. And and for some reason they also they also make a point that it is rejecting the, the dummy plug. Right. Um and um yeah, this is like definitely the most like physically powerful angel we've seen so far. Like it just lays waste to everything. Um which I think is kind of an interesting because the last couple angels have all been like vaguely like psychological or like skullduggery mm-hmm. and then and it's like oh i get it they're like they realize physical attacks won't work so they're going in this direction and then they just send this one in and it just levels everything yeah um, so it's basically it breaks off unit two's arms and then decapitates it 
It's pretty yep. brutal. And then, meanwhile, like, uh, you know, Kaji and Shinji are having this, like, conversation over watermelons. Like, there's, like, this, like, you know, epic warfare going on in the distance, and they're just, like, standing there doing this. And, like, Shinji says, like, Kaji, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, he, Kaji's like, I don't know. I'm just a fucking weirdo. Like, water my melons. <laughs> and... Oh, and then, like, you know, once again, not that far away, like, Unit Zero, right? She tries to, like, take a... What are the nukes called? The N2 mine. N2 mine and, like, push it through the AT field to try and basically, like, nuke it. But yeah. basically just hits herself and he's fine. And it's like, but that's that nuke just went off, like, over there? Like, not that far from where they're sitting here watering their melons? Yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. It was weird juxtaposition. But, uh, and then Shinji, after a, you know, kind of weird pep talk by Kaji... Uh, a vague one at best. Shinji runs off, hops in unit one, and goes to fight the angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, promptly also gets his ass whooped. Yeah. Um, and then the angel uh starts trying to break what looks like a core. Yeah. Inside the Ava, but then Shinji does something, and then effectively the Ava grows like a human arm. And well, other human parts? Yeah, kind of. So, it looks like it goes berserk again. Mm-hmm. But it actually, like, it tears off one of the angel's arms and... Oh, yeah, sticks it on his own. Yeah, and it, yeah. like, and it like regenerates an arm based on the angel's severed arm. Gross, but also that arm looks very human-like. The arm that comes back looks, you know... Right. Um, and Risco starts saying things like, oh, the, like... The binding or the, um, yeah, it, it's restraints or something. Are restraints. Off. Yeah. The restraints are like being broken and they're like restraints. What's restrained? And it's like, that's not just armor. It's restraints for the power of the Ava or whatever. Yeah. And it seems like what's coming through the restraints is very human like, which is weird. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, I just have three WTFs in a row for this. whole yeah. sequence. So another like super like brutal and bestial, um, uh, kind of destruction of the angel and then unit one eats the s2 drive or oh yeah and then like but apparently that's enough to like give it its own s2 drive which ritsko makes a point of saying like it's a god now which yeah. is an interesting choice of words um yeah they keep saying that um but it there's a lot of like interesting parallels here with like the first angel fight Mm-hmm. And episode one, episode two kind of running together here um, because it's like Shinji's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then he sees like in this case, he sees unit zero all fucked up. Um, and in the episode one, he saw Ray all damaged. And that was like his cue to be like, OK, fine, I'll do it. Um, and then he goes out and he fights and then he gets <laughs> he gets uh, beaten and then he goes berserk and. You know, I'm thinking back to that first fight where Unit 1, like, tears open the Angel's rib cage and tries to, like, stab the core with the broken ribs. Yeah. And then, like, this part where it's doing very similar things of, like, just, like, physically tearing the thing apart. Um, so I just thought that was an interesting parallel. But then also you get those, these kind of weird revelations about Unit 1 of, like, okay, so it has a core like an Angel. We didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um it can use angel parts to regrow itself also mm-hmm. new. Um, and then it gets its own S2 drive by the end, which ostensibly lets it function without a plug or like a, you know, that, uh, 
mm-hmm. power cord, the umbilical cable. Um, but also they're saying they're talking about that in much more different ways than like, oh, cool. It's great. You know, got a better battery life in that thing now. Um, like there's something more significant about that that they're referring to the, the characters. Um, uh, and also this thing about like it's got these restraints, which is a very anime thing of, you know, like, ah, I'm not even using my full power. Right. Kind Take of. off the weighted clothing. Yeah. Um, uh, and also they say when when the when it does go berserk and tears the thing apart, they say that it has a 400 percent sync rate for, with Sinji. Right. Which then leads to. Right. And it was it's interesting because we were just saying in the last episode, like uh, sync rate doesn't really mean anything. But then it's like, okay, I guess theoretically, if 100% sync rate means I'm perfectly synchronized with this thing, we're both, you know, seeing and feeling and doing things, you know, in perfect, like, so what does above 100% mean? And then you could, imagination goes to, well, then maybe it's no longer synchronization and now you're just becoming the same thing. You're just merging together. Um, uh, Yeah, which is kind of where we end up in episode 20. Yeah, they have the Ava, like, unit one is, is in, like, you know, they, they say that, that Shinji's been assimilated into unit one. He's, they have back in, like, the kind of, wherever, like, kind of hangs out and docks, but it's all, like, fucked up, and it has, like, bandages yeah. on it. Yeah. And, and it looks like, it's got its eyes, it kind of looks, reminds me of, I don't know if you ever saw, um, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? I think it's called Death of the Family. It's, like, it was more recent, not recent anymore, but a couple years ago, like, where the Joker cuts his own face off. Yeah. It kind of looked like that for some reason to me. I don't know why, but... It's got that big grin. Yeah, the big grin and, like, it's got, like, teeth now and it's got, like, you know, big green eyes. It just looked really fucking weird and I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and, and this is also harkening back to something we talked about early on, like, how even within the fan community, people are divided on what's happening here. Is it that the like biological design of the Ava's just kind of matured as the series went on? Or is there something about it is in universe adapting to something? And because what we're seeing of it is starting to look more and more human. And I think that coincides with this idea of Shinji and unit one, like becoming more and more merged. Right. And also questions of the origin of the Avas. Yeah. Um, I will want to make one note that the scene, like the scene when it's eating the angel. Uh huh. And it's like the animation style. It's like kind of like a silhouette with like the white eyes. Uh huh. And it's acting very like it's not robot mode. It's like very organic or, or living. Uh huh. Just like really, really cool visual scene that I just like. I had to like rewind and watch it again. I thought it was like really, really cool looking yeah. and kind of like a little bit freaky. It's kind of like looks at the camera almost. Yeah. And you're just like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't bring me into this. <laughs> um, and here's where I start to sort of uh, lose my understanding of what, what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> because Shinji is ostensibly in, you know, in assimilated into unit one in some, at some like quantum level. Yeah. They keep using the word quantum. Uh, they said t- something about making like human angel hybrids implying I think what the Evas are or something. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Shinji kind of has this crazy, crazy, like, out-of-body dream sequence yeah. that has some weird stuff in it. Uh-huh. Including, like, 
somewhat naked all through the women in his life. Yeah. Um, asking to merge with him. Yeah. Which um, which is clearly a sexual thing. Yes, clearly. Um, but also weird how he's just kind of lumping all three of them into the same personality mentally yes also weird uh i mean that's saying that that, that's saying something in one of his outbursts he you know is really mad at his father he said he he's and he says you hurt toji and you murdered my mother Mm. which is the first we've kind of even heard anything about when we know that she's dead from the previous couple episodes but that's something that that gendo is at fault or shinji at least blames him Mm -hmm. for this and then uh, people are trying to get him out. They can't seem to get him out. They think he's gone. Just have his, his suit there. Mm-hmm. Gets dumped out. And then Masato is really upset. And But he gets out somehow. Yeah. So so his, his vision here, and this is another thing, and just to get maybe to spoil something for you, but I also think it'll be helpful for... Other folks who are watching this for the first time. Um, the first couple times I watched this, um, when Shinji would have these kind of vision moments, I would kind of tune out because be like, oh, okay, psychedelic daddy issue nonsense. That's kind of what I've been th- doing. Um, so I'll tell you and other folks who are watching this for the, for the first time, um, there will be more of these. And um, there is a lot in them and... The details are important because um, I used to tune them out, too. And it's only in this like third watching where I'm like, oh, they are dropping a lot of important stuff in here. Okay. Um, and as I say, buckle up. <laughs> there, there will be more of these. Um, so a couple notes from when he's in his vision state. And actually a note back from episode um, uh, the previous episode that we didn't mention, but there's a, um, because again, I, I kind of glossed it over because it was like, oh, we're doing another one of these like train flashbacks mm-hmm. with Shinji and Ray having some conversation on a train. Um, I didn't notice this until this viewing, but that one that comes in at the beginning of episode 19, that's in Toji's head. Oh. He is somehow capturing that, which is clear, very clearly based on like, that's some kind of mental construct in Shinji's head that has something to do with some traumatic memory of his own. Mm-hmm. But somehow Toji got that. Um, but anyway, fast forwarding back to episode 20, um, Shinji's visions. Um, so it's kind of broken in two. You've got the first batch of visions and then we um, flip back to the real world where we find out he's just been turned into goop. Um, <laughs> and then we get some more. But so in the first chunk, it's a lot about Ray. It's a lot about Shinji. Why is he piloting? And then we have that weird sexualized thing where all the girls are the same persons, all saying the same thing. Um, but then the second batch is much more focused on Shinji's mom. Yes. Um, and we get a couple of conversations that Shinji should have no memory of. One of them is from when he's like an infant, and the other one is probably from before he was born, because it's this conversation between Yui, his mother, and Gendo, um, talking about, oh, if it's a boy, we'll name him Shinji. If it's a girl, we'll name it Rei. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Um, but also, the fact that he's 
catching that while he's in this weird merged with unit one state. Like, that's not something that he should remember. Um, And that didn't occur to me again until this watching where, you know, it's like, oh, he's having these flashbacks to his mom. Okay, I get it. Okay. But I didn't really connect the dots of like, wait, why would he have that? You know, like, why would they be having that conversation after he was born, even if this was some kind of recovered memory type of thing? So and then um, he does kind of have a vision of his mother and he's kind of like following her voice at the end of the vision. Mm -hmm. And then he gets pooped out in the goop, presumably out of unit one's core. It's not really shown, but like that's what it looked like. It looks like it. It looks. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're clearly trying to draw a visual connection there. So. The fact that um, he's having these like memories that should not he should not have and that it is his mom that kind of guides him back into the physical world. That's something. Yes. Um, And then we also get once he's out, people are happy. Masato, we get a scene with Masato and Kaji in bed, presumably after engaging in some sort of sexual conduct. Somebody finally got laid on this show. True. Um, and then they're talking and they're kind of being vague about like she's trying to quiz him on what the hell's going on with the human instrumentality mm-hmm. project and his role in it. And he's being vague. And then they have this really he starts to, quote unquote, distract her. It's a very uncomfortable scene of the camera just sitting on a whatever, like dresser or something. Yeah. And just like way too long of just like, quote unquote, sex noises. <laughs> Yeah. And just like nothing's happening for like a really long time. And then then it like like they put a I was I was a little confused what happened here. She says something about like what are you trying to put in me? And then they like put a pill on the table. I was just like, I'm not sure what's happening yeah. here. That's a weird scene. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. I was I thought I missed something. This is when no. I said be like, I'm missing something, like I'm not sure what's going on. Uh yes, yeah, so that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I sort of have some well, I guess I can, I can, I have some ideas of things, uh-huh. but I'll wait toward it when we're done with 21, because some of it's implied by that too. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So let's, let's don't jump into to episode 21 because this is a thick, thick episode. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of lore dropping here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, episode is a combination of flashbacks yes. and sometimes spent in the current time. Yeah. Uh, most of the current time is spent kind of checking in with Misato and Kaji at different points. Um, the flashbacks, though, focus around who we learned was, I guess, Lieutenant Commander. Yeah. Is that his title? Yeah. Uh, Futsky. Yeah. Or Grand Moff Tarkin, as we've come to call him. Yes, Grand Moff Tarkin. We learn is Professor Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, okay. Great. Helpful. Uh, so you see flashbacks of prior to the second impact. Yep. Uh, including meeting Shinji's mom for the first time. Yep. Uh, and sort of her relationship with the lieutenant commander. And then we sort of see it kind of bounces around a little bit, but we kind of get a little bit of like a, a timeline mm-hmm. of, you know, Gendo and Yui sort of getting together from the perspective of the lieutenant commander, the second impact happening, and then sort of the investigation of the second impact. Um, we see some clips of. Uh, like security footage of this, you know, mm-hmm. creep, this white god of Adam, of Adam, um, presumably ca- causing the second impact. And then we also kind of get some background with, uh, uh, what's her face? Um, Ritsuko? 
Ritsko, uh, and her mother, mm-hmm. who we learn it was, I guess, also in love with Gendo. Yeah. So, so let's let's back up a little bit because the timeline is kind of interesting, and the 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 way it's kind of revealed that Yui was kind of the science brains. What we're kind of learning is like she was the kind of the bioengineering brains behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Gendo really was not a science guy at all. He was just like Yui's like shitty bar fight boyfriend. Yeah, like a thug. Yeah. And Grandma Tarkin even says like, oh, there were suspicions at the time that he was only with Yui so he could get closer to Sila. I thought he was part of Sila. Eventually. Oh, okay. Or, like, he wanted to get closer to her work. Right. Um, um, and then as the timeline progresses, you see Gendo moves more and more to the forefront, but more in this kind of, like, masterminding, making plans, you know, investigating the angels and the Avas more and more. Um, but I think it's really, really interesting because you kind of come into this with this picture of, in your head of, like, oh, Gendo's the mad scientist, Mm-hmm. But it turns out he had other plans. Um, and then as we as we go on, we find out that he was kind of the driving force behind all of this, all of the secrecy. He's putting all these pieces together into some larger project. Um, but Grand Moff Tarkin clearly was much more loyal to Yui and like had much more like faith and trust in her, mm-hmm. even to the point where he was trying to talk her out of becoming a test subject. Right, which well, is presumably how she died. Yes, because they do they do mention that um, for whatever that project was that she was going to be a test subject for, she brought Shinji along for that, mm-hmm. and that's when and they they keep they don't use the word killed; they use Vanished. every other possible word. But apparently, he was there when that happened. When Shinji was there for that, mm-hmm. and. Putting that together with his little weird flashback from the previous episode, he clearly blames Gendo for it. Shinji does. Right. And he also ties it to the Evas in some way. Um, Although his memories of it are clearly like not, he's like kind of still recovering them maybe. Yeah. Um, But that day where Nui quote unquote dies is also, that's like the first time Gendo brings up the human instrumentality project. Um, And apparently that was a big uh, Tarkin says that was a big change in his personality, but then we learn to bring this back to Ritsko's mom's uh, Ritsko's mom's storyline. Um, Gendo moved on pretty quick if he wasn't two timing. Right. Yeah. It seemed like yeah. He also seemed not super interested. But um, so a couple things here. The framing device here is that Tarkin has been kidnapped. Yeah. And then. He's being kind of interrogated by Sila. Yeah. And I'm not, I guess those things are just like stand-ins for the people. Yeah. It's a little unclear about that. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> yeah, they went from they went from like different colored, like supervillain looking guys to just these faceless monoliths. Right. Which I think is more visually striking and interesting, but it's kind of a weird shift. True. Um and he makes a comment like, oh, I expected to be, you know, interrogated by the council, not by Sila. And I was like, was that What's I thought that was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a question. Um, so the weird thing is, so in the, in the midst of these flashbacks, Ray just kind of shows up as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone makes comments about how she looks like Yui. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then 
she comes in kind of, you know, weird, weird kid, like weird Ray being Ray, like yeah. comes across uh, Risco's mom and starts kind of repeating things Gendo says about her to which Risco's mom strangles her. Yeah. And it looks like kills her. And then Risco's mom, it seems to indicate that she jumped off and kills herself. Yeah. After she completed work on the Magi. Yeah. Out of, uh, out of guilt. Out of guilt. Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. Uh, Probably a couple things to unpack there. Yeah. So that's more or less. Well, I guess just to finish the episode. So then in the framing device, Masato is kind of in quarantine because they think Kaji's responsible for the kidnapping, which seems like he is or, or has played some role in this. His motivations and allegiances are still a little unclear to me, mm-hmm. but they let her go to which she goes home and has a voicemail from him. And then there's also a scene where he, it seems like someone comes across him. There's a gunshot. Yeah. And to me, it implied that Kaji was killed. Oh but yeah. No, he's dead. Yeah. And that voicemail, you know, implied also the same thing to Masato to which yeah. she cries and to which <laughs> Shinji's response is just, I'm going to ignore this person yes. crying. <laughs> yes. Hysterically. Which, um, nice job, Shinji. Yeah. Way to go, bud. I mean, he's had a rough week, but, um, yeah, true. <laughs> given that he decorporealized de- at some point um, <laughs> and then got pooped out of a out of a you know monster robot but um yeah no I, so because it's kaji who frees tarkin correct and basically says like oh yeah by doing this i'm i'm blowing my cover and putting myself at risk yeah um and then you know he gets and he, he charges masato with you know, kind of picking up where he left off to find the truth. Right. So, a uh, couple things. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a couple. <laughs> um, so, it seems to me, here's my here's my understanding of current events so far, uh-huh. of what I think might be happening. I think Ray may be some kind of clone of... I think that's a fair guess. Of Yui. Yeah. Because um, she just... And also explains kind of Shinji's weirdness with her. Because she, she kind of shows up in... In the flashback, like, out of the blue. Right. And after Yui died. Right. Just out of the blue. And, and Gendo has the flimsiest of explanations for where yeah. she came from. Um, also, in the previous episode where they talk about, like, oh, if Shinji had been a girl, we would have named named her Rei. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so, I'm guessing that Yui was working on the Eva project. Perhaps she tried to pilot one or maybe something more akin to what... Risco's mom did with the brains and the like mm-hmm. maybe she's somehow part of one or all of the Avas. Yeah, there's is my guess. Yeah, I think that's that that's pretty clear at this point that there's certainly some element of Yui's personality and memories in unit one. Right. And that's why it is sort of protective of Shinji. And also when he goes in there, he sort of gets weird mom things going yeah. on. Uh, and I'm thinking that she, you know, but she was, you know, more or less died to make this happen as part of the experimentation. Um, Gendo clones her. I think there's, I've had a suspicion there might be multiple rays running around. Um, just because sometimes we see, I mean, the show kind of cuts around a lot, so it's a little hard to tell. But uh, like sometimes I'm kind of like, that seems like she's there. And also here at the same time, Gendo obviously seems to care about her but also she's very much a tool Mm -hmm. uh so that's confusing because clearly if she died at some point he made another one or brought her but i don't know yeah that's a little bit weird i mean i think it's implied that ritsuko's mom like she killed that kid ray yeah like otherwise you know like 
Um, and she even said something to like to the kid Ray, like you're replaceable. Right. Which certainly, you know, like, and if she's a big scientist and part of this, like she might know that Ray's a clone or a clone for lack of a better word, we'll call it a clone. Um, um, so that would mean the Ray that we've seen so far is the second or third or fourth or God knows what iteration. Right. Um, one thing they also revealed was that, all of the this is from a couple episodes ago with Toji, but all the kids at the school they're at mm-hmm. are all potential pilots. Yeah, which also made me wonder, like, what? I mean, we still don't know, sort of like what makes someone a potential pilot, like what the qualifiers are for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a very good question. I don't know that it's ever fully explained. Um, I mean, if we look at what Shinji and Asuka have in common, you know, there's a lot of. Um, abandonment issues and desire to prove oneself and does toji have any of that i don't know it's not entirely clear um yeah right or is there something like more biological or genetic in all these people right like what are you looking for that that makes you a a candidate but but yeah so lots of you know like i said a big info dump here on sort of the background on some of the stuff and putting some pieces together um still unclear what Gendo's goal is, to me at least. We know we have Adam in the facility. They showed that clip of like a different Adam being built into ze- Unit Zero. Or yeah. Rebuilt. Um, also discussed the finding of what's now the Geofront, the big cavern mm-hmm. that's similar, that's identical, not just similar to the one they found in Antarctica mm-hmm. by someone that's not them, not humans, mm-hmm. Gendo implies. So, aliens? Hmm. Demons? Hmm. Not sure. <laughs> What's the difference in in this in this uh, in this universe? True. Um so what am I missing right now? Am I missing anything crucial? Am I not putting something together that I should be putting together? No, I mean I think that um the clues that they have been dropping like I you're 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 definitely I think in the right place. Like I don't think there's any elements here that I would imagine anything that's unclear to you right now is supposed to still be unclear. Okay. Because that's been the biggest thing I've been struggling with throughout the show is what's being purposely obfuscated and what's just like this show being not the best made show in the world. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And me being confused or, you know, language barriers or, you know, translation issues, whatever, like all these things put together. Um, Yeah. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm not like, being left behind no no for sure you're not um i will say again this being my seven thousandth watching of this like i do think it could be a fair critique of the show that it this show does not do a great job of highlighting what is actually important to understanding the bigger themes and plot um like i said like i used to tune out all of just like the weird um you know, psychedelic trippy scenes because I was like, I, I get it. Daddy issues. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Let's go. Let's move on. But like those end up being like, oh, no, that's actually where the show is doing a lot of the work of giving you important details or, um, you know, pulling important themes together. Um, and I think it's easy to tune those out in a, you know, we're not used to getting important information in that sort of context. Yeah. And I think the other critique I'd have so far uh, is that the show did not does not do a good job of balancing out like advancing the plot mm-hmm. or it, giving you information. You know, you got like this 
big info dump in 21 and to a degree in 20. But it's like, man, we could have teased some of these things out over the past, like, or at least like the, you know, the last maybe 10 episodes could have been helpful to like tease some of this stuff out as opposed to just like dumping it all in one go. Yeah. I mean, 18 through 21, like so much happens in terms of the characters and their relationships and their goals and like them having like really important experiences um, that is going to drive you know, the plot through the, you know, and, and, and the character choices through the end of the, sh- uh, of the series, like mm-hmm. so much of that happens here. And then you look back on the 17 episodes that came before and you just feel like it was just a bunch of monster fights. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, but the pace picks up so much and then you get such an info dump in, in 21. And I, I mean, it's kind of, okay because i feel like i don't know where i would take these various bullet points of information and drop them earlier in the show in a way that would work but it just feels like you learn so much about so many characters in episode 21 and you're like okay i guess maybe you could just have could have had a couple more flashbacks and then like you learn a lot about like oh I, so like what's ritsko's deal now knowing now that we know everything she knows about like this is the organization that made her mother commit murder suicide. Yeah. And she's still here and yeah. she knows that Gendo was like having an affair with her mother, but she's still really loyal to him. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I think what I would have done differently is I would have repositioned Kaji's role in the show a little bit. Have him be the same character, but maybe have more have him be more of a player and have a lot more scenes where he's kind of investigating things. They kind of do it here and there, but there's never really anything conclusive where like you could sort of tease some of these reveals out via him finding out about them as he's trying to piece together this mystery. Mm-hmm. And then that'd be kind of be like a side plot in each episode. You could be like, what's Kaji up to this episode? You know, they're fighting the angel out there. Juxtapose, juxtapose him finding some tapes that show whatever or interviewing somebody or, you know, like whatever it is. And I think you could sort of go that route and kind of just hype, just kind of beef up this sort of mystery unraveling yeah. nature of his character. Yeah. You almost wish that like, because also so much of what you learn about Gendo here is stuff that just Fusuke basically just says to the camera. Right. Oh, let me, whereas I do think it could have been more interesting and more compelling if you'd have Kaji stumbling on this information bit by bit. That might have been more interesting. Right. It gives Kaji more to do. Um, and it gives you, you could drop these little info things at points where it's might have had more impact. Or, you know, tie it into the theme of, a, of an episode or an arc um, a little bit better. So, no, that makes sense. I think that's a fair critique. Yeah. But we are now T-minus. Oh, boy. Four episodes? Five episodes? Um, yeah. Yeah, we're into a home stretch. <laughs> um, okay, remind me once again. So, so there's, so this is, there's the show. Yep. I mean, can you remind me how the movies work? Um, sure. So, you have the broadcast series, which ends with, um, just want to make sure I get my numbers right here. Um, uh, yeah. The, um, the, uh, the broadcast length goes to episode 26 um and then you have what is essentially um an alternative 
episode 25 and 26, which you can see in the movie The End of Evangelion. Okay. Um, Now, there's a debate about... So you've got two episodes, 25 and 26, which are essentially your finale. Um, And uh, there's a lot to be discussed about whether or not is one the true ending? Are they possibly... Do they possibly run concurrently? Is one just trolling? Nobody knows. But I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yes, 26 is the ending. Okay. So we have um, um, uh, we have five episodes to go, and then we'll have to figure out how we're going to handle um, the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think we need to talk about um, the alternative 25 and 26, because it's something. Um, these are all something, but, um, yeah, but I think that for the, um, for the purposes of what episodes should people watch next, um, I think they should watch episodes 20 through 22 through 24, and that will get us right up to the, uh, to the ending. And then we can figure out exactly how we're going to confront something that people are still making 45 minute YouTube video essays trying to understand like <laughs> Great. still so we'll crack it we'll, we'll knock it we'll we'll knock it out yeah we'll close the book on that one i'm yeah. sure um but yeah um you know i i feel like this really is you know we kind of hit this other turning point um really the events of um episode 19 um are going to be very important um going forward um uh you know now we kind of know a lot about Unit One, Ray, Gendo, uh, Ritsko, like, I feel like now that we know that stuff about all these characters and, you know, their relationships, like, the next couple episodes could be very, very interesting um, as these things kind of unravel and, and kind of head towards the finale. So, um, I guess I guess as we think about the next three episodes, what are you hoping to see? Well, I'm hoping to... I'm hoping that... In the next three episodes, sort of like the end game is set up, mm-hmm. you know, that Gendo pulls back the curtain and shows we know what his goals are and his plan with the hope that, you know, that plan or the, you know, the conflict of that plan, depending on what it is, happens over the course of, you know, the finale of 25 and 26. Mm-hmm. So I hope we have a good setup where I, I know what's going on going to 26 as opposed to still being mostly confused uh, because I don't really I don't like, I don't love when anything, you know, creative, like when the mystery is a mystery up until the last page of the book or the last five minutes of the TV show or the mystery isn't even explained at all. So, so what would you say for you is still the lingering mystery here? What Gendo is trying to do? Like, what is the human instrumentality project? Okay. Um, obviously the bigger question, like what do the angels want and kind of like, what are they? Uh, confirmation of what an Ava is mm-hmm. all of those things. I think all those things are pretty in integrally like in, you know, integrated, mm-hmm. but you know, some of the other side things are a little bit less important. It's like, you know, like the Ray things like, okay, like I think I know where that's going. Um, I'm hoping there is some payoff for, Shin- for Shinji or for Shinji as a character, uh, that who he is and his positioning as the central character of the show makes sense 
and has a payoff. Mm-hmm. And it's probably most of it. Okay. Yeah, I think you're going to have most of those boxes checked. Um, how successful the show is at communicating them clearly, we will we'll see. But I think <laughs> I think in terms of getting answers to those things, um, you will get the answers. I mean, I think that the the, the big kind of central mi- in universe mystery is what is the human instrumentality project, right? Um, and, and all of that. Um, and yeah, we'll get there. Um, um, I guess my point is, I like to I like to have a at least the a bit of the end or a climax where all the pieces are on the board and I understand the pieces, right? Like for a while, it feels like you're playing a, a board game with half the board behind a curtain, like the other, the opposing side or whatever. I like to have, you know, not that I need to know the exact mechanical definition or setup of every single part of it, but just know, you know, rationale and motivations is, is what I'm looking for. Yeah, you'll get you'll get more. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the biggest thing is I don't I struggle with sometimes things that are like this because I with weird stuff. This is why I've avoided watching something like Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel dumb because I don't. It's very hard to tell to the earlier point of like what am I not picking up on? Am I just thick? Like am I just like too dumb to get the show? Or is it just weird for the sake of being weird? Or what is important and what isn't? And I struggle with some of those in a more like surrealist presentation. I struggle with that to like understand. So I think Twin Peaks is an interesting comparison. Um, I don't know anything about it. I just know it's weird. But <laughs> It is weird, but it's weird in a different way. Um, I think the truth is that, okay, so with, with Twin Peaks, um, I think the final central theme of Twin Peaks and much of David Lynch's work is that it is certain things do not hold together logically Um, in many ways. And this sounds so pretentious, but just accept it as true that much of David Lynch's work, Twin Peaks especially, is a rejection and critique of logic. Uh, It's kind of saying some things are best understood with a more intuitive, emotional, dreamlike understanding. Um, Twin Peaks, especially the ending, serves as a denial of closure, a denial of explanation, a denial of clarity. And that's intentional. Evangelion, I think, it's not that it is intentionally, consciously a rejection of um, of structure and logic. I think it's failing is that it all makes sense. Like you, if you unpack it all, most of the dots connect just fine. Um, I think the issue is more that the show in many ways failed to connect the dots clearly or make the important information seem important at the time. Um, it's not that the show doesn't have answers to the questions. It's just that they're buried in a way that could be fairly critiqued as maybe a sloppy way. Um, and I think that once you unpack the ending, well, one of the endings has a, a particular message. The other ending has another. And I think you can unpack them and they make sense. You zoom out and you say, OK, I get it. I missed that point. I missed that point. But now that in hindsight, I see them. I get it. It all comes together. Um uh, and the creator, Anno, has been upfront about, you know, how he feels like he didn't quite get it with the first ra- round, which is one of the reasons they are 
finishing up four movies to take another whack at it. <laughs> um, um, and I will say that the, the movies so far are, t- are, are doing a much better job of making the important stuff important. Um, but no, I, I do think that, again, at the end, when you look back at all of it, it does all come together and it's not weird for the sake of being weird. Like mm-hmm. it, it has something to say and it says it in a relatively conventional way. It just maybe buried the lead in some situations. I'm going to make a comparison that you're going to hate, Greg. If you say Game of Thrones, I'm going to. No. Okay. I'm going to say something even worse. Oh, God damn it. It better not be King Killer Chronicles. Star Wars prequels. Okay. Tell me more, you monster. Uh, if you write out the plot points of episode one, two, and three, like you said, like it, it makes sense and it sounds like a conventional story, right? Like just go through the, the plot points and the story that I think actually, if you write it out with a neutral lens, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of a complex, interesting story, but the execution is obviously where it falls completely flat in a lot of different ways. And I can maybe see that a similar thing happening right now where, yeah, that, that line, sort of like a three-way line between like what's, you know, what I consider like my own failing and my own denseness when it comes to trying to understand slightly more abstract things or get some of the show as well as like just pure quality things or just like the show's just not good at communicating certain ideas or certain themes. And then what's also just like the more weird side of things, surreal kind of things that ha- happens. And if it's you know, where what's to quote unquote blame or not blame so much. I'm not like, I'm not like I'm hating it or anything like that. It's just like, what, where is the, it's not really sure. Like what's the point so far. Right. Like, and that's okay. Like, I don't think a creative work needs to, you you need to know the point at 70%. No, but I think that, you know, I I mean, I, I feel like just as we've been talking about it, I do feel like you're thinking about the right things. At the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, oh, when we get to the when we get to the end, Andrew's going to feel like the rug was pulled out from under him. Um, I just think that it um, again, like I think it could have been, I guess, the most mechanical way I can put it is the show took a long time to get to this point. Right. And I think you could probably cut out seven or eight episodes worth of material and get to this point a little sooner. Or I think better spend some of that time developing the characters that I feel like I've been given sort of like told what they are and who they are, but not really experience some of it. Mm-hmm. Like Shinji, I, I feel like I've experienced. Yes. But some of the other characters, I'm kind of just like, I've been told who they are and what they feel and what they think, but I don't really know that I like it's been demonstrated in a consistent manner. Yeah. No, I think that's and I and I do. And I also think part of that is a little bit of pacing because like Asuka is an incredibly important character um, in terms of the themes of the show, but we haven't seen much of her in the last five or six episodes. Yeah. And so when she shows up again and is, you know, comes back into the forefront, it's like, oh, right, you do matter. Um, so I think that is that's a little bit of a pacing problem because there are these central characters who we just basically have to forget about for four or five episodes at a time because we're doing other things. Right. And that's and that's a that's a flaw. And part of it is also like I think, you know, Asuka, I find to be a character that despite being grating as hell makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like she's a forward character. Right. And to the point where she doesn't even feel like she belongs in the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I know her motivations. I know her personality. She demonstrates it's consistently, you know, 
in, in a consistent fashion the entire time of the show. Whereas someone like Masato or Risco or Kajim is like, I don't really know why. Like Masato a little bit, you know, she's pretty, pretty consistent, but it's like a lot of their interactions are always kind of like stilted and a little confusing onto like what they think of one another yeah. and how they approach situations. And sometimes they kind of do this and sometimes they do it kind of that. And, or we don't really see an opportunity for how they approach a certain situation. I don't know. It's just a little bit, um, and yeah. some of that is also just like some of them have secrets. So that makes it, that complicates things. Right. Yeah. But, I, Misato is, a pu- pu- is puzzling. Um, it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like Ano doesn't know how to write adults. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because the adult characters are much more like suffer from inconsistent characterization much more. Yeah, for sure. Um, than the kids, which is weird, right? Like you would think that generally would be the opposite problem. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, the most important character we've gotten has gotten no characterization. Pen Pen. I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Let's get on You're it. A total Pen Pen stan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, although I keep thinking myself, like, oh, well, like, he's from, like, you know, they have this whole Antarctica thing. Like, penguins are from Antarctica. Like, you got to give up on Pen Pen, man. Pen Pen is not the key. Pen Pen is, is the key is to this not, whole thing. It's not going to unlock this. <laughs> it's like whenever I it, thought the dog might, on Lost was there's something. I know it's the dog. The dog's the key to this whole puzzle. <laughs> in my head, in my, my head canon is that Pen Pen rescued Misato during the second uh, impact. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> you go with that. That's my headcanon. I'm going to stick with it until proven otherwise. <laughs> it wiped out all aquatic life. Oh, right. I, I guess do penguins count as aquatic life, though? Oh, well, it, they said he's a hot spring penguin, so he might not be ocean. A hot spring penguin. I didn't hear it catch that. I feel like that. They mentioned Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, weird. Um, I don't, that's the other I don't think they've, like, no, I'm, I'm going to actually call you honest. I don't think they've even acknowledged a pen. I'm not convinced that Pen Pen's a real character because no one actually interacts with him. He's just there. Like, no one comments on the fact there's a fucking penguin in the house. No one interacts with him anyway. She he just sort of exists. Misato explains Pen Pen to Shinji in, like, episode two or three. I have no memory of that. Yeah. Are you sure it's not in one of the movies or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not sure anymore. I don't know what I'm pretty sure. Is. All right. Second head cannon. Pen Pen is a figment of Shinji's imagination. Got it. Because Shinji reacts to Pen Pen sometimes, but I don't think anybody else does. Um, this, I'm going to have to go back and re- rewatch this to fucking figure out what's up with Pen Pen. Hey, God man. damn it. <laughs> what if everyone's a figment of Shinji's imagination? Shit. Man. <laughs> oh, God. We're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Are we? Anyway, a penguin hole. Um, so 22, 23, 24. Yep. And then we will, um, and then we will be, we'll be there. Um, it, we're going to get, um, these are all, um, you know, the, these next episodes are, um, all double stuffed, just like, uh, just like, um, the last couple where every minute matters. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, you got you got three angels left to go. What do you think they're gonna be? Wait, three angels? Well, yeah, three episodes, three angels. Oh, okay. I thought it was sure there was some number we were told of how, approximately how many angels there were. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, they kind of they said they they kind of made a, a shift and they made it a shift back. Mm-hmm. Where this last one was a little more in line with what we were used to than the previous couple that were a little more intangible. 
Um, I will say that the unit three looked really cool. Yeah. And I was kind of sad it was only there for a little bit and it could like stretch its arms or something. I think that like, was the angel doing that, like giving it that second uh, set okay. of weird mutant arms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like we'll probably get another weird one in here because I feel like they probably want to mix it up a little bit because like, there's kind of like the, the tip, the traditional, like this angel looked a lot like they like said, like a lot like the first one. Yeah. Kinda like the weird face kind of almost like a mask and then cores out there and they're kind of humanoid in some way so i had the weird arms but besides that so i don't know all right be cool to get like a a quadruped one or like a different or like a snake one (laughs) i don't know i'm just going through animals now (laughs) all right well because they've either been like inanimate or like geometric or like a flyer i have a couple flyers now and then like bipedal like Mm humanoid-esque angels so something different would be cool I'm 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 gonna put my money on a snake one. A snake. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there's nothing in this show to imply anything about what this next angel will look like. So. All right. Unless Pen Pen gets taken over by an angel, and then it's like a giant penguin angel. No, there will be no. I'm telling you, you're done with Pen Pen content. Man, just just moving on from Pen Pen. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Guys. I'm not I'm not convinced isn't a red herring. <sighs> Damn it. You're leading me astray because I'm I'm on to you. I'm on to this show's crux, right. the key, it's, and you're trying to throw me off, so I'm not as to not spoil this, it. This show ends with a planet-sized pen pen <laughs> absorbing all the souls of humanity and flying off into some uh, some future state. Hey, there's worse endings out there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Battlestar Galactica, right? Um, I didn't hate that ending. I like the episode. I didn't care for the ending but conceptually it's fine executionally we can talk about it but anyway <laughs> that all right yeah so watch the next three episodes and then we'll talk about them all right all right later bye <laughs>